Are you tired of the junk that's coming out of Hollywood? I know I am. This is Misty Phillip. Welcome to the By His Grace podcast. And I am excited to talk about His Only Son, a new movie that is biblically inspired based on the life of Abraham as told in Genesis chapters 12 to 22. Now I sit down with the creative genius behind this movie, David Helling. He is a former U.S. Marine Corps who, when he was in the deserts of Iraq, God got a hold of his heart and changed his life and gave him the inspiration for this movie. We have an amazing conversation about the movie, and he talks about why it's important for us to support these biblically-based movies. Now, he has partnered with my friends at Angel Studios, and this is going to be a cinematic release that will be in theaters near you for Easter. So, friends, grab your family, grab your church friends, go see this movie. It is called His Only Son, and it will be in theaters on March 31st. So please welcome David Helling to the By His Grace podcast to talk about His Only Son. Do you want to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually with podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff. You can hear podcasts on religious religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com. Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app. David Helling, welcome to the By His Grace podcast. I am excited to have you on here today. So welcome. Thank you for having me. It's a blessing to be here. So we're going to talk about His Only Son, which is a cinematic exploration of the story of Abraham and how his faith was tested on his three-day journey to sacrifice his son. So can you tell me about His Only Son? Yeah, well, uh, that's a broad question. How, what would you like to know? Well, I guess I'll, I'll give you kind of the uh, a little bit more of the rundown of what you already gave. So, yeah, his only son is yeah. It, it recounts what we see primarily in Genesis tw- chapter twenty-two, when the Lord tested Abraham by asking him to take his son and offer him up as a burnt offering on on uh, the mountains of Moriah, and uh, it really is one of the most controversial accounts in all scripture, Old and New Testament. And uh, it, it, I've, I've through my, my walk with the Lord, I've seen with um, conversations with non-believing friends that this is really a point of contention they have with 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 Christians that uh, they, they, you know, would often would ask, well, you know, you would worship a God that would call a man to do that. You know, that's the kind of God that you worship. And I found that a lot of believers don't know how to give an answer to that sort of that sort of not attack, but that sort of critique or criticism or questioning. So I wanted to do this to to really 
explore from the text of Scripture and what the Lord was doing then in the life of Abraham and what he was pointing to. So you get really get a sense of what could have been going through Abraham's mind on that three-day journey. And as he was reflecting on the decades of uh, all the promises of God uh, uh, when, over the decades of him and Sarah having to wait for this child of promise that he now has to lay upon the altar and what that ultimately was pointing to, um, which took place 2000 years later. And uh, on uh, uh, when the Lord laid down his own son on the same hill. Yeah. So what drew you to this story? You were in the military, right? And you spent some time overseas. Is that what what drew yes, you to the story? Well, yeah. So uh, when I was a Marine in Iraq, when the Lord really got a hold of my heart and uh, and drew me to his word and opened my eyes to the truth of, you know, the gospel became real. His word became real. And, and I was... Uh, really struck with the strong desire to to tell others about his word to show others that his word is true and the accounts are true and uh and and to hopefully open people's eyes to the to the truth of the gospel as my eyes were open to it over there and so i i, I just i have a heart to to tell scripture through film and to do all biblical films <laughs> and uh eventually that led me through a decade of doing short films and writing other feature films landed on this account for the reason I already shared of, of wanting to give an answer to the to the critics and the confused alike. And then uh, in really since then, the more that I've meditated on it, the last five and a half years of working on this one film, because uh, it's been a very, very long journey, I have I, I can see now that. It's been such a comfort to my own life, and I hope that it's a comfort to other people's life of the reminder of that in all the hard times and all the suffering and all the waiting that the Lord is still a very present help in trouble. And he's still there and he's working what 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 Satan may mean for evil. He means for good. Right. What we see in Joseph's life, what you meant for evil, the Lord meant for good, as he tells his brothers um, later on in Genesis. But, yeah, so, I mean, it, this is that's why I wanted to to tell this account and uh, and hopefully that's some things people glean from it. Yeah, that's so good. So this movie is available through Angel Studios and they've done some 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 great projects. You know, we all know The Chosen and The Tuttle Twins and some of the other things that they've worked on. But what sets this film apart from other films? From other films in general, or the uh, so the, well, the uh, of the ones that have been so released, Angel, yeah, yeah, in the last few years, the of movies we've seen coming out in theaters. What makes this account different? Well, you know, with Angel Studios, so this film I've been working on, like I said, for the last five and a half years, and this really is the culmination of a journey that's been, you know, a decade and a half long since my time in Iraq. And the film essentially was a finished film when Angel, uh, when I had some friends that crossed paths with their friends that worked at Angel, and Angels ended up seeing the trailer, and they become became very interested in his only son and they thought it would be perfect for chosen audiences. And so Angel, which is really unprecedented for Angel, they picked up this finished product because they they typically like to get behind projects that that are in the grassroots level that are just starting off so that they can really build the audience for it. Um, but with his only son, they saw that, you know, they've already got an audience built for the chosen that's hungry for biblical content. And, and when they saw it, they were just totally moved and thought not only 
is this a product that they want that angel studios wants to, to, to for their platform but they thought that this is perfect this is something that should be experienced in theaters and the further we've gone down like i actually was just uh over there at angel last week and we had a screening um on the big screen in this this studio and uh it, it was a full big screen um, um studio and uh so it was a lot of the heads of angel there and they all that was their first time seeing this film on the big screen and they thought you know this this film isn't something that is meant to be experienced on your phone or on your laptop. This is something that needs to be experienced on the big screen. But the question you asked as far as what sets it apart? Well, you know, it, it is it is a biblical narrative. So in a sense, you've got the you're automatically going to kind of touch the same audience uh, generally of the chosen. But this is something that takes place 2000 years before the chosen. This is uh, also something that that is is maybe told in a different way than the chosen. It, it is a it is a it's a meditative. Well, I mean, I guess it's the pacing is somewhat similar to some of the chosen episodes, but it is a it is very much an immersive experience of getting into the mind of Abraham. And it's a meditative, a meditative film that really just causes you to reflect on the promises of God and 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 faith in the midst of hardship, faith in the midst of your darkest night and what the Lord's doing when you can't see or you understand and the Lord's still being there. And I think that that uh, obviously most most media projects don't talk about those things. Uh, they don't they don't mention uh, the true light that shines in the darkness. And now and for such a time as this, you see what's going on now, just in the last number of months of, of just the Lord being on the minds and the, and the mouths of so many people, even in secular media, uh, just with uh, stuff that's going on at different universities across the country. And, and you've got Jesus revolution in theaters. You've got the chosen just finished up season three in, uh, in theaters. And, and, um, and, and you see like, that the, the Lord is is uh, is making Himself known yes. in a to a, uh, on a broad scale right now, and so I just stand back and and look in awe and see, man, the Lord has I me. Mean, it says in in, in Isaiah forty six ten that He declares the end from the beginning, and it seems like man, He He absolutely declared this. You cannot, we could not have orchestrated what's going on now, and I'm just so excited to see what He does with it. But, uh, but yeah, that's yeah. a long no, answer with a lot of tendrils. No, that's so good. You've given me so many things to think about here. I mean, you're right. The Holy Spirit is yeah. moving in ways in this day, in this hour, as evil is rising. And we see that in our face mm -hmm. in so many places. None of this has taken God by surprise. His plan is sovereign. And mm -hmm. I love that you've taken on Absolutely. this this story because a lot of people, when life gets hard, you know, the word says that we are to deny ourselves, to pick up our cross and to mm -hmm. follow him. And when the world gets yeah, tough daily. sometimes, yeah, daily, right? And sometimes we worry like, you know, where is God in all this? Maybe I don't see him in my circumstance. But Abraham, his trust in the Lord was like, if God's asked me to do this, then I'm going to lay it down. I'm going to lay down. And then I love what you said earlier. It's all a foreshadowing to what Jesus is going to do for us. That's the greatest mm -hmm. 
the greatest news in history. So I love the fact that you are bringing this story to life to encourage people, but also so that people can see the power of God in the lives of the people that love him and what happens when you surrender your life to God, because there's nothing like it. I mean, I know your life was radically changed. You know, you said when you were in the military and once you get a taste and you realize that I was destined for hell and God loved me enough to stop, to stop me in my sin and turn me in another direction, you can't help but tell Jesus Mm -hmm. about it. So, so Mm -hmm. I just love, I love that. Yeah, it's, um, it is a, uh, uh, it's a it's a gift of the Lord to be able to it's a gift of the Lord to be able to know him right that uh, that we have eyes to see the truth of his gospel that's all by his grace alone in his sovereign hand and salvation but to to be able to steward this account of Abraham's life who's called a friend of God who's the father of our faith and uh and just to see the Lord's hand in this man's life 4,000 years ago, and he had no clue about I me. Mean, he could have never seen what all, I mean, you, you know, count stars if you're able, so shall your descendants be. Just how many stars like that, that make up all of those that, that have, have, have had their faith in Christ because, and it all kind of seeded from this man that the Lord chose out of paganism and set him on a path to bring forth a nation from him that would bring forth the Messiah from him, that would bring forth the redemptive plan that the Lord's had in place before the foundation of the world. It's just, it is an unspeakable gift. And uh, I can't say thank you to the Lord enough to, to, uh, to have had this opportunity to, to make this little humble film. Well, I can just tell by your heart and your, your you have the word in you that God is going to do some amazing things in and through you and this this film. I've got a question for you. How do you think the audience is going to connect with Abraham's story? And what do you hope that, that will be their biggest takeaway? Well, yeah, I think some of the biggest takeaways of of the audience is kind of in in the same vein as I've already mentioned is, you know, is really in, in, in the darkness of uh, the dark seasons of your life and in the trial and the struggle and the opposition that faith is grasping on what, you know, even when you don't feel it. And even when you don't see it, you keep stepping forward because of the truth of God's word and what you know of the Lord. And you walk forward knowing that he's working all things together for good to those who love him, to those who are the called according to his purpose. And that is what had to happen. We see in Hebrews 11, uh, verses 17 through 19, that that by faith he laid down his only son, Believing that God had the power to raise the dead and uh, Isaac was dead to him in a sense. And really, he he came back to life. It was a sort of resurrection on the third day whenever uh, when uh, when the Lord stayed his hand and he was able to have his son back. But but Abraham had to go by faith, knowing that, okay the Lord promised. That he he named Isaac by name. And said that the seed and the line would come from Isaac. 
I don't know how this is going to work out, but I know the Lord is going to work it out. And therefore, I will continue to walk forward. That is that's the testimony that we have to bear in so many seasons of life as we walk in the Lord when we don't understand it. But we know that we're called to obey anyway, even when it's hard and even when we don't feel it. And even when we don't know, we can't even see an inch in front of our face. So I think that hopefully this encourages people in that in that reflection of like, you know, Abraham was a real man like any one of us. Uh, and he had the same fears and struggles and anxieties and, and doubts. But on top of that, something that you'll see when you see the film is another pillar of this film is something. Uh, one, this account has never been explored in a full feature length, like like a full feature length film being dedicated fully to the three day journey to Mount Moriah. I don't think this has ever been explored in any feature length film in history. But also on top of that, this film, just as much as you're journeying to Mount Moriah in one sense, but it's a dual narrative of sorts, because on the other hand, you're journeying to the birth of Isaac through flashback. And so you're really getting a sense of Sarah's struggle and what it had to have been like for Sarah to go with Abraham. And, and, and okay, my, my husband says the Lord is appearing to him. The Lord has talked to him and we have to go here. We left our home. We left our family. We left everything. He's promised us a land. We have not even a, a plot to our name. He's promised us descendants, but I'm still barren. Um, and old. And, and <laughs> what that had and well and old and you know and that might get you know people might get some flag that's a funny thing because oftentimes they're like oh well abraham look i actually even see that in some of the comments now abraham looks really good for 100 years old or sarah looks at it and it's like you know that when sarah was 90 she had isaac okay well when she was 90 also so not only was she when she was 65 taken into pharaoh's harem but when she was 90 she was taken into abimelech's harem Okay, Abimelech took this 90-year-old woman and said, I want her in my harem. How does that – no, because she didn't look like what we picture 90 years old. I mean, Abraham lived to be 175. So you think, okay, you know, she she probably – when she was 90, she probably looked like 45. It's, it's probably more more accurately how she looked. And that's actually when she's 90, that's actually the first time biblically that we hear that she's actually past the age of childbearing. All the other times it just talks about her being barren, but her being barren doesn't mean that she's past the age of childbearing. Scripture doesn't mention that until she's 90. So, okay, so you look at 90 years old. Okay, that's when she went, you know, for lack of better terms, that's when she went, you know, postmenopausal, whatever. And uh, <laughs> this is a thing to talk about on a podcast. I don't know. But, uh, but yeah, but it's, it's, uh, it's uh, the struggle. Sarah's struggle. I don't think has ever been explored like this before. And her performance and her depiction is something that's definitely gotten a lot of comments, but it's definitely touched a lot of people in, in, in the many, many people that have already seen the film. And so I hope that it touches that, that, that people take away things from, from her perspective as well, that they never thought about before. Yeah, I'm sure that they will. I can't wait to see the movie. So, you know, You've been working on this, you said, what, five, five and a half years? So Yes, ma'am. And then as soon as the movie comes out, everybody's going to say, what's next for you? <laughs> you know, so do, you have, a, do yeah. you have a next already in the works or what are your plans after this releases? So specifically what's next, the uh, if, when people go see the movie, if they hang out after the credits, 
there is a message after the credits um, about what's next. But my heart is to do what we're planning next. Right. And Lord willing, it will be what's next. But, you know, you don't ever get before the Lord, get in front of the Lord, but uh, or ahead of the Lord, should I say. But my heart is to constantly for as long as the Lord allows me to do it, I want to continue to work my way through through scripture and through the account I'd lo- like I'd love to continue to work chronologically through the Old Testament one account after another after another after another and really build on all the promises and prophecies that point to Christ to give people an understanding because so often in in history of media, right? You, we, we've always had 10 commandments that would come on TV, like every Easter, right? And then you have, you have Prince of Egypt that came out in the, in the mid nineties. That was, or late nineties that, uh, was just, I mean, that's such a beautiful depiction, but it's still, I mean, it's not historically accurate because you're dealing with a different Pharaoh than was actually the Pharaoh of the Exodus. But, but you, and then we have Passion of the Christ. You've got a number of other Jesus films. You might have like a one-off David film, you know, here and there, and a couple other Bible films, he, like you knew, we had Samson a number of years ago. But you're kind of, you've got these cherry picked narratives that we view through media, and the large swath of even people that identify as Christians in the world don't understand the chronological thread. It all that the Lord has weaved throughout redemptive history, that each generation, the Lord is building this progressive revelation that's leading to Christ. And if we can do that, if I can do that through media to give people a greater understanding of the word and bolster their faith in the word and give them a hunger to be in the word and go and search it out for themselves, that's what I want to do. And I think that's what we need is to be able to Hopefully not not jump from one biblical account to the next, but just work one right after another, right after another, right after another. And uh, and that's what I want to do. Hopefully. Yeah, that's great. Hopefully I can do it. Precept upon precept. Right. So where do you have help? So I know like on The Chosen, you know, to to be biblically accurate, they've got a council of, you know, Jason Sobel, who is who is Jewish and they have, uh, you know, a couple of different people who are speaking into that project. Where do you have someone who's speaking into this project or have you been to seminary or or is it just your love of the word? Kind of tell me, you know, how that worldview of yours and through the film, that narrative has been formed and advised or counseled. Yeah, well, I mean, ultimately, you know, from the from the moment that the Lord got a hold of my heart in Iraq and it's just been building study and research and and trying to fill and redeem as much of the time as possible by meditating on the word, reading the word, listening to the word, listening to sermons. You know, even if I'm able to go to the gym, which it seems like I'm able to go to the gym less and less, <laughs> the more like especially the last number of uh, it's like oh, it's like I'm gonna get after that, and then like another week passes, you're like oh man. But whenever I am able to go, you know, make the gym jams of listening to list catching up catching up on sermons and and just really try to fill as much of my of my time with growing in my wisdom and understanding of the word. But when I'm writing, the first thing you do 
is you always want to come into it with prayer. You want to seek the Lord first, just like even whenever you read the word, you don't want to just come on and just suppose, but oh yeah, I'm just going to get this 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 quick little Bible fix and, and the Lord's going to show up and give. No, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So are we going to the word in reverence and understanding that the Lord is the one who gives us understanding? And so this that's the same for even when I'm writing. So doing much prayer, much study. And once I get something together, a script together, then I put it in front of solid brothers and sisters that are in that I know are doctrinally solid, not necessarily people that are, you know, of other ecumenical backgrounds, but people that I know are doctrinally solid and to get to get their take. Am I out of line in any way here? Is this buck against your conscience in any way? If so, why? And then and then really trying to be sensitive about about hearing their critiques and then and then moving on from there. But no, I don't have a round table. I mean, uh, it's a, it's been it's been much more smaller small change as far as doing this film versus the the whole big team of the chosen right. But uh, but I like I like especially in the research. You know, I know just to to be able to focus on right right and sound doctrine. Yeah, um, that's that's yeah, that's and, uh, good. You know, so I wrote a Bible study. It's called "The Struggle Is Real, But So Is God," and I don't have a seminary degree. And uh, I like that. You know, I like that title. Yeah, that's, well, it's uh, true. That's the, something I want people to take away from His Only Son. Yeah, is, uh, the struggle is real, and so is God. Yeah. <laughs> well, you'll love this that I look at Old Testament overcomers and New Testament overcomers, and I it starts in Genesis, it ends in Revelation with the promises to overcomers, and Abraham is one of the flawed men. He's not a perfect man. But he loved God, and yeah. and and so I did the same thing with my study because I wanted to make sure. So I I sent it to my pastors and said, Hey, you know, would you look over this? Would you read it? Have I missed anything here? And it's it's an amazing part of our personal journey. And so I'm excited to see what what God does with you next as you continue to pursue him and the the love of his word, because that word is what changes us. And anybody that sees this film, I know that they will be changed. So tell me, give me the details. Like when is it coming out? How can we get more information about it? So it is coming to theaters March 31st, and it is not a one or two night event. It is coming for a broad theatrical release in 1800 screens starting March 31st. Tickets are on sale now in many of the theaters, and and, uh, they are currently working to book all 1800 as we speak. So I don't know when this podcast is going to go live, but if you don't see your theater, when you you can go, you can go to angel.com slash sun angel.com slash son or his only son movie.com type in your zip code it'll show you the, the theaters that it's playing in if you don't see your theater it'll give you an option to request your theater as as they and they'll look at that as they continue to book theaters across the united states we would encourage people to buy their tickets early and immediately, because pre-sale send a message to theater chains and to Hollywood that these are the films that we want, and this is the film that we want to stay in theaters. So not only pre-sales are important, but first weekend is very important to pack the theater that first weekend. Even the Thursday night screen, which will be March 30th, the night of March 30th, because, you know, movies come out typically on Friday, but a lot of times they'll put them out the night before for a pre, uh, a pre-screening or whatever. And if we can fill up theaters there, then the, the Hollywood trades will, will report on that and be like, look, this movie is filling up numbers. Did this 
X amount on a Thursday night, and then it'll it'll send the message to other people to go see it. So yes, uh, so hisonlysonmovie.com or angel.com slash son. And also I've heard recently, so now I know that not only is it coming out across the United States, 1800 screens, but it's also going to be in New Zealand, Australia, and Canada. And there's a number of other international territories that I heard about yesterday. Um, that I don't know if it's public information yet, but there are some that are locked in. There are some that are being locked in currently. There is dubbing in foreign languages that have happened, that it's going to foreign markets. And there's some that they're, there's some dubbing currently that they're trying to hurry as fast as they can because they have foreign markets that are begging for it in theaters to want to come out at the same time. And it's just absolutely remarkable to see the way the Lord is taking this and and, and, and and just making the footprint wider and wider right now in this season. That's amazing. And we have uh, listeners here at Bias Grace all over the world. So if you are in one of those places, find out. We will put all of the information in our show notes so that people can find out where the movie is playing. Friends, go grab your small group, your church book this movie and show Hollywood we don't want any more of the junk that they're that they're trying to cram down our throats. So David, thank you so much for joining mm-hmm. me today on By His Grace. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for joining me today on By His Grace. I hope you've enjoyed listening and are encouraged by our guest today. I would love for you to visit my blog, mistyphilip.com, for more encouragement. You can find me on social media as Misty Philip, and I would love to connect with you there. 